Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Sumeria Jamal of AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. AccidentalMuslims.com is a movement and a platform where we showcase current and future leaders to help us live with purpose. This podcast hopes to add value to your life, so listen up and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. I'm Sumeya and joining me today we have Sister Nadira Chippa. She's a mum, a wife, an author of Ink of Inspiration and Ink of Inspiration 2, Soothe Your Soul, an authority life coach and counsellor, radio presenter of Ink of Inspiration on Radio Al-Ansar, inspirational and motivational speaker, as well as an accelerated learning coach and counsellor. She also is the winner of the Woman of Wonder awards. Zunajira, assalamu alaikum and shukran so much for joining us. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah sister Sumeya for having me over. We've been planning this for a long time but alhamdulillah we're here together today. Alhamdulillah. So firstly who is Nadira Chippa? An accidental Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> Nadira Chippa, I'm a mom. I'm a wife, an author, a life coach and counsellor and I say imam first as I highlight that before any other title, imam, um, because the mothers out there would understand that that encompasses so much of our life, that role uh, becomes who we are and as we embrace motherhood, as we become mothers, we are born into it. So when a child is born, a mother is also born, hence I highlight that first time my mom. Alhamdulillah, that's beautiful. So what was your childhood like? Share with us maybe perhaps a fond memory that you have. Okay, childhood, you know, Sister Sumeya and to your listeners, we grew up in a time where there were no cell phones. There was no such thing as screen time. Mm -hmm. We grew up in a world where there were no barriers, there were no fences. We grew up in a house where our neighbors were easily accessible. You know, just jump the just yard, jump the yard <laughs> and then you're in the in yeah. the house and in the yard and that unity, you mm-hmm. know, amongst neighbors and sliding down the banks and and you know, just irrespective of race, irrespective of what culture they were, irrespective of what religion also, you know, there was unity, there was love, there was sharing, and also you you would remember in the nineties, growing up in the nineties. Uh, family bonds mm. you know there was no much stronger yes much stronger we didn't go to malls as an outing mm. so what we did was our parents would take us to visit our uh, day brothers or sisters and we met up with our cousins so growing up it was pretty much not only nuclear family but also family extended family mm. so you, i don't know if you remember this but um it was an outing that we looked forward to to visit people to go to your auntie's house, you know, to to mix with your cousins and play with them. And today, I find that our kids, unfortunately, it's more nuclear, it's more just Mm. the parents. And sometimes, which is really sad, they grow up not even knowing their cousins. cousins. So that's absolutely true. I mean, my own personal experience is that when I was born just around that time, a lot of my uncles uh, had moved away to Australia at the time. So I lost connection with most of my cousins, all of them being way much older than me. And I have, it's it's really sad because sometimes you think about it and I'm like, okay, so I don't have many cousins (laughs) with me. And you miss that, having that bond and having someone who you can, and even like, you know, for your own parents, just to have their their family and their siblings around. And for you to spend time with your cousins, it's it's what's lacking. And and that unity also 
also. Absolutely. The Trinity was beautiful. So irrespective of whether they had this gourmet meal prepared or you know, <laughs> like fancy cordial drinks. No, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Even if it was like a mari biscuit and tea, Absolutely. we were so happy. Yeah, Rasul up whatever is there. Yes, whatever is there and just yeah. like, you know, uh, be content with and whatever we have. And I think also uh, everyone get together in the kitchen. Gee. And we just, you know, whatever it was, someone would just take over, do this, make this, you know, yes. create this. And it was like it was fun. It wasn't treated as a chore, I think, as no. it's treated now. Now and like now it visits always oh, visitors and now yeah. like you know we so stressed out so now we call before you visit somebody yeah. so you know one week in advance uh, we can be having people over yeah. and things yeah. like that and it's always about today personal space sister samaya so it's like when you're visiting someone it's not as comfortable as we used to be absolutely it's very it's very uh, much more like aloof Ji- yes 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 yeah. yes and yeah. isolated also yeah People have become much isolated now and with our walls, as I say, with barriers that divide us. Whether it's emotional barriers, whether it's barriers that mm-hmm. you can literally see. So it's there. It is. Gee. Much more. Yeah. So let me share with you my, my best childhood memory. Okay. So it's Eid mornings. I love it. <laughs> Even when I speak to you about it, I could still like smell, you know, when mommy makes that milk for Eid in the morning. And the samosa is And the samosa is <laughs> And then at that time, obviously, now we didn't have much responsibilities. We're still kids. We don't have to wake up now as a mom. So yeah. we wake up as a daughter and then when you wake up on Eid morning that atmosphere oh, and that white kurtas you see <laughs> on your father and your brothers you know yeah. that that sight that and also that that fresh scent in the air on Eid mornings it's, 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 it's amazing as yeah. a child when you look at it from that from your childhood perspective it's actually magical it is so that's my best and my fondest childhood memory alhamdulillah so you know you and author uh, as we know so where did you realize uh, and when rather did you realize your interest and your passion in writing okay so my interest in writing came from a very dark space after the birth of my son i had postnatal depression so i felt on my own that i was sinking into a very dark space mm. and i remember telling my husband one night i feel literally like i'm sinking And the thing is that I didn't prepare myself emotionally for motherhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't the nobody can actually prepare themselves 100% to embrace motherhood. So the sleepless nights, having a child that was colic, having a child that was restless sure. all the time. And I I took this responsibility that I want to do it on my own, that I can do this on mm-hmm. my own. And I was not coping. So at that time I wanted to do something for myself that could pull me out of this of this darkness that I was in. something for myself you know sitting out 10 minutes or whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning but i found myself taking out my phone and typing my emotions into words which resulted in my first article i see you yeah. so writing for me did not mm-hmm. come where i just sat down and said no you know what i want to write an article no it came from a space and allah taala always does this you know when you are hopeless when you are helpless allah taala sends to you this ray of hope from a place you'd never think of absolutely i can 100% agree with that and the comfort that comes from there i didn't i i come from um a financial background uh, i'm a bcom graduate So writing for me being creative was something I never thought of. So while I was typing that words I'm feeling the words because I'm going through it. Mm. And I didn't think it was for somebody else. I wrote for myself. Sure. I wasn't writing for a specific genre for social media. I wasn't even on social yeah. media. I was writing from a point of desperation. From a point where if I don't do something for myself I'm not going to you know come out of this darkness. But I made dua to Allah Ta'ala Sumiya that please, you know, help me. I, I, I need a hope. I need hope from nobody else but you. 
because alone Allah Ta'ala when you're alone and you speak to Allah Ta'ala and you speak to Allah Ta'ala and you tell him you know what send that to me send your comfort to me because I rely on you and you know it's only Allah Ta'ala that understands you so Maya, you could speak to life coaches you could speak to counselors you could speak to endless people at the end of the day it is Allah Ta'ala that understands your fears and he sees your tears after you penned your thoughts and your writing did you wake up one morning and decide okay I'm gonna post this up on social media I'm gonna send it viral it's gonna go crazy on uh, WhatsApp or Facebook um, how did it actually get promoted your articles I was not on social media, as I said. Okay. So I wrote that article. I see my first article. Okay. I shared it to my personal friends who were new moms at okay. the time through WhatsApp. So I didn't nice. have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. Nothing like that. No platform. Yeah. So I thought it perhaps it helped me. It helped it me. Help. It's going to help them. Yeah. Right. So I sent it out to them, not thinking that they're going to be sharing this on social. It resonated so much with them that at that time they did not know that I wrote this. That, that I was the, the author of this, right. of this article. And uh, uh, each one of them, you know, I remember this. They uh, sent me a message. Who wrote this article? How did they understand that I needed it right now? And it found itself onto Facebook and it went viral. So from there I got requests to please can you share more? Please can you share more articles? Because this one article, it, it helped us realize that, you know, we're not alone. Mm. That there are other mothers who feel the same way. That we're we, going through the same Yes, thing. the same challenges. Mm. So, Mia, we all share the same challenges. Mm. But what happens is we don't walk around with signboards saying, this is my challenge for the yeah, day. Absolutely. Right? But what I feel that with do? social media, a lot of it gets masked. A lot. Because there are thousands of people who responded mm. to one article, so Mia. Saying that you know what we feel that way because as you said, picture perfection Mm -hmm. that's a glimpse of the life of Mm -hmm. others. Because Allah Ta'ala created us, He blew life into us with challenges. Right? It this this life is a test itself because this life it's not Jannah. Right? There's no picture perfection in this world. But what you see from others, what you see from others and, and, and what you see on social media when you um update your feed is a glimpse of the happiness that they want to show you it's filtered each image is filtered Sumeya. you know uh, people want to put out their their happiness and you know this is so detrimental to our emotional well-being Sumeya, is because everyone is looking at the picture perfection of other people's life and comparing it to their own so here you see a picture perfect marriage a picture perfect family you know picture perfect holiday Sumeya. but it's masked by what emotions that are not no one's going to show you their fears on social media no one's going to be that vulnerable to show you their challenges but if we unite if we unite in saying that you know what each one of us we're struggling we're struggling with something in our life and in unity comes what it comes pure happiness and comes solutions to what we're going through because if you feel that someone else went through it and there's hope there's hope for you alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, that's absolutely beautiful. So I'm sure that, you know, when you're writing more articles, I'm sure your response was absolutely amazing. As you said, a thousand people. And at the outset, was this what you actually imagined it to be? No. (laughs) No. For me, it was something that Allah Ta'ala chose for me. Mm. Because honestly, so me, I didn't set out, as I said, uh, to be in this field or to be a writer Mm. or to even be a motivational, inspirational speaker. It wasn't something I even aspired to be. But Allah Ta'ala created challenges in my life 
and in my journey in order for me to help others in their journey. Subhanallah. That's beautifully put. So, you know, everybody has uh, their down days Gee. and everyone feels Definitely. really sad. Everyone is, you know, depressed at times. They feel like frustrated even. Gee. And I find that if you open up the Quran, there's yes. certain ayahs of the Quran that you can resonate with. Definitely. And for you, which ayah of the Quran would it be? Or which surah even? When Allah Ta'ala tells us, Fa'inna with difficulty there is ease with the difficulty you know there's multiple eases with one difficulty so Allah Ta'ala could have said before difficulty I'll give you the ease or after go through this difficulty and then I will give you ease but no he said with that difficulty, difficulty there's ease mm-hmm. so if we take that ayah and we actually acknowledge and understand what does this mean when we're going through something Sister Sumaya and you know there's darkness as it's surrounding us and we feel that so with the this difficulty, Allah Ta'ala is giving me ease upon ease. So what is this ease, Sister Sumaya? Tawakkul. It's your trust. This ease is your trust in Allah Ta'ala that in the storm, you know, in the storm of storms of my life, Allah Ta'ala is there watching me, is with me. And in the storm, Allah Ta'ala will create my ease. Absolutely. From the storm, I will see the shore, I will see the light. So for me, ease and my understanding of that ease is trusting Allah that this, this difficulty, there's happiness in it. Yeah. You know, there's a lesson for me in it. Because whatever we go through in life is not coincidence. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I feel like Gee. there's a reason for every little yes. thing that we go through. And I think also, you know, when you're looking at the, the ease with the difficulty, it's also the little bounties and blessings we have. We have a roof over our head. Alhamdulillah. We have food on our table. Yes. You know, you may have a, you know, a supporting spouse even, a, you know, family who loves you. And I mean, these are little things which is our ease in this difficulty we time. we are the tribe of Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. So if we're in a world that's trying to survive, we thrive. So I always say we the Alhamdulillah tribe. People are trying to survive the day you say how are you I'm surviving. What is that? No, we don't just survive. We thrive because we the people of Alhamdulillah. There's always something to be grateful for. The Alhamdulillah tribe, is that what Gee, you say? Alhamdulillah <laughs> tribe. <laughs> So, you know, when it comes to, to your writing, right, a lot of your readers find your pieces to be extremely relatable. I myself, when I've read many of them, I found that at that time, it was exactly what I needed to hear, exactly, sorry, what I needed to read, rather. And how do you do it? How do you manage to get onto the level of each person? That you speak to an elderly person, you know, your writing speaks to the young, like, a, you know, a person as young as me, having struggles, you know, with life. And then you speak to mums. Um, how do you manage to, to know exactly what level to go at with each person and each age level okay I've got this question in every interview okay basically as an empath I feel the words before writing it okay. so so as uh, if I'm writing it I'm writing an article or say a widow mm. it, during that we've a week I've interacted with one so I would write about it Okay. So, it literally, I would feel her pain. Literally. Okay. And, and this is very exhausting, honestly. I am sure. It, I would literally feel, I literally feel the pain of that sister that's lost her husband and I had to go now and comfort her. And what do you say in that instance? You can't say anything to her. You you make her know that you're there. You make her know that Allah Ta'ala is there also. But all you can do for her and for her comfort is just be there right so for me when sisters say and and you know after every every article there's someone that says yes Allah, you know what this was for me but that's not from me that's from Allah Ta'ala he's sending this message to you at the time when you needed it the most when he thought that you needed it the most so he directed you as a comfort to this message right so Allah Ta'ala directs us whether it's signs whether it's a uh, people 
whether it's text messages, whether whatever it is, Allah Ta'ala always sends to us comfort. Sometimes it's not where we expect it to be and how we expect it to be, also people. You know, Sister Sumia, Allah Ta'ala doesn't give trap kindness. He doesn't give trap patience and send it to our door. He sends to us people. Sends to us people to test us. Like that brings out patience in you. Right? So it sends you this difficult person. Now we're thinking, why this person is so difficult at work? What Allah Ta'ala is trying to teach you? Patience. As you mentioned that your mother as well as a life coach and I think the roles that we assume as women in our lives, it tends to be exhausting. Okay. Um, so what do you do for your me time? Me time, uh, which I hardly get, but <laughs> for me, I have to take it, uh, Sister Samaya. You know, I, I want to tell you that it's extremely important for us to fill our own cup before pouring out to others. So as a mother, as a wife, as you know, there's, there's so many roles that we, as our, some ladies, as a sister, as a daughter, as a daughter, you know, th- these are all roles that, you know, that's integrated into us. And from the time, from a young age as women, we sacrifice a lot for others. It's built in. Allah Ta'ala gave us that qualities where we sacrifice a lot for others out of instinct. It's because of who we are. So what happens is that we keep pouring out of our cups. So we pour out to everybody, whether it's our family, our friends, community and the world at large. And what happens? We're pouring out of an empty cup. So we do get, if we don't take time out for ourselves to uh, now pour into our own cup happiness, peace, love, reflection, we now become exhausted. And we depleted. There's no energy now. You know, people say we don't have the energy to deal with things. It's because our cups are empty. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I do something that is extremely simple. I just love being alone, quiet, silence, and looking up at the sky. For me, that's looking at nature and appreciating what Allah Ta'ala has made as a form of zikr also. And it's a form of reflection. Mm-hmm. And what it does for me, it's... It makes it seem that, you know what, Allah Ta'ala created this, this mountain, this sky, these trees, these rivers. Allah Ta'ala created me also. So He created something so beautiful and then He created us. So we have a purpose. And then when people say there's no purpose, you know, I always say, just do something simple. You know, you don't have to now um, seek comfort and seek peace in extravagance. Mm. It's not about skydiving. It's not about, you know, <laughs> being uh, uh, extravagant in, yeah. in, in seeking happiness. It's mm-hmm. the simple things in life that brings up happiness. And when you feel like there's no purpose, just place your hand on your heart and feel that purpose beat. Absolutely. So, you know, society is this big umbrella um, that it takes dictates the way that Gee. we should eat, the way we should talk, Definitely. the way we love. And it's 2019. So do you suggest we break away from the norms or do we conform? How do we conform or how do we break away? Okay, when it comes to society today, remember that society today is has become very materialistic. Everything is about appearance. Everything is about, you know, uh, plastic, being plastic and being perfect and having this perfection in everything that we do and everything that we seek. So in society, we would never be good enough. Even if you're a size zero, if you have the perfect complexion, if you have flawless skin, if you're the most beautiful lady or man and you achieve a lot in your life according to society, that does not, that does not, and I, I have to highlight this, does not guarantee your happiness. You know, uh, Sister Sumia and to the accidental Muslim listeners, 
happiness is not something that we conform to happiness cannot be because others expect this from us expect us to look a certain way speak a certain way happiness comes from knowing that allah ta'ala is there and he loves you not for what you are but for who you are and not for how you look or how you dress it's because you are now following sharia and if that's in compliance shukar alhamdulillah allah ta'ala loves you just the way you are because he created you in the best of form mm-hmm. so conforming to society no society will never be satisfied it's like always like a person in a desert looking at a mirage of water looking at a waterfall so they keep going towards it that's satisfying society once you reach there it's just sand That's that's beautifully put, honestly. Alhamdulillah. So you're not a life coach, right? And um, you often have to counsel people, being a counselor as well. You're speaking to people, you're assisting them in in their challenges, in their issues, in their problems. And I'm sure that you get a lot of messages and calls from people. And how do you manage to then cut off yourself from the issues and not internalize it um, when you're done for the day and when yes. you're with family? Because I know that a life of a counselor or a life of a person that assists other people in you know in their life and with the issues. There's no boundaries, I feel, because you know it can go on. Um, you know, there's no time limit. People yes. phone you at eight o'clock in the evening, and they can <laughs> be having. That is true. You know, as we talked about this earlier, yes. they can be having an anxiety attack. And what do you do then? You can't say, okay, I'm sorry, it's not my working hours, because That's true. you know that a person is then going to be affected by it, and they can do some damage to themselves. So, yes. how do you manage to then deal with this? Okay, when you take that role of a life coach, when when you when you become a counselor, a psychologist, or you're dealing with people's emotions and yeah. and uh, feelings as such, and the thing is that you need to realize it's not there's no time limit, there's no nine to five job and I'm done after five. You know whatever happens to you is none of my business type yeah, of thing. Yeah. No, people yes will SMS you, people call you. The thing is that you know each client individually. So you form that bond with each client individually, and you know that this person is going to before the, you know sometimes before they SMS me or they message me, I know they're going to do it tonight, and I know for what reason also they're going to do it. So I'm prepared for that mentally, and I have to switch off. There comes a point in the day where I have to switch off for my family, for mm-hmm. my son who is four years old. Because he needs mummy to be mummy. He doesn't need mummy now with a whole lot of baggage that's coming from, you know, external baggage. Yeah. So I have to yeah. offload that. So when I do speak to clients, and that's the end of the session, I mm. tend to take five minutes now to offload all of that emotions that now I picked up from that conversation because that's easily picked up. Mm. Right. So I got to separate myself and my internal dialogue from what I have been told. And when you when you come to a point where you have that ability to switch off, it's because of your family, how supportive they are. If your family is supportive and they know how you are and they know that you know what this is affecting you to to certain extent, they know exactly you know how to motivate you and encourage you to be and embrace the person that you are. Very true. Because I find that. That's the case in, in in many cases when it comes to dealing with people and assisting other people because you take on their energy, yes, you take on their baggage, and I think that you know what everybody's going through issues at yes. the end of the day. But you need to also learn to cut off and move away from. And you from need that. to be your own person. You can't lose yourself. You can't lose your identity someone in someone else's. Mm-hmm. So if someone is having a marriage problem, you can't make their problem a problem in your own <laughs> marriage or your life. You yeah, know. Yeah. 
But you know, talking about marriage, right? Gee. I find that the norm of nikah weddings today is just a big fancy wedding Gee. and having lots of people, lots of expenses, and a few months later, the couple that end up, you know, divorced or even having some issues within their marriage. So, do you feel that this is because of a lack of good, substantial premarital advice, or are the parents then the issue, or do you feel that the generation of today, the thoughts are now that I'm marrying the person, not the family, yeah. and also they feel that you know what, this is my life. I'm not willing yes. to adapt. I'm not willing to compromise in any way. This is how I want things to be. Yeah. So, what do you think is really the underlying issue here? Okay, when it comes to marriage, let's start from uh, when people are seeking a spouse. Today, and I wrote this article also. When when you see the younger generation seeking a spouse, what are what are they looking for? What are their parents looking for in that spouse? When it comes to materialism and appearances, that's what they're looking. For. So you're gonna have this perfect picture, and you have this idea of the type of wife or husband you want. If he does not have a six pack, no, I'm not going to marry him. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't drive a Ferrari, I'm not going to marry him. And honestly, um, when it comes to appearances, you are marrying the package. You're not you. You understand you you are looking at the package and you become in love with that so it's not about what's inside it's what's on top and you're getting married to that person you're not living with the, uh, with a fancy face for the rest of your life you're living with a character and you know uh, uh, the prof- our prophet muhammad sallallahu explained it to us so beautifully look for deen look for deen look for character that's the main you know character and quality we should look for unfortunately what happened along the line is that the people took culture wrapped it up in a beautiful box and presented it as religion. So it's the it's a certain culture and a certain mindset that um, a spouse is supposed to be this way, inverted commas, this way. And we want to follow that norm. We want a spouse to be our match. What is that? What is our match? Allah Ta'ala already created your match for you. And now you're saying that, you know what, uh, this person is not my match because she or he does not look this way. And with regards to that, many mothers also fail to realize is that character is of utmost importance when you're seeking a spouse for your child, whether it's a, a, a husband or a wife for your child. Mm. So certain mothers will say, no, you know, they come home to, to view a person and, mm. and the mothers would have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, your mother has an idea of someone and even irrespective of whether you like her, you'd, you know, the, the guy would shy away. Mm. It's because his mother had a problem with her and the way she looks, not even her character. Mm. So my advice to the parents would be when you're seeking a spouse for your child, always look through lenses of sunnah and sharia. Stop looking for materialistic, you know, through materialistic lenses. Because everything today is not about security, you know, oh, the boy has to have a good job. Yes, shukar, if he's comfortable, alhamdulillah. He does not have to be earning a certain amount for you to be married to him. Mm-hmm. And in terms of a huge wedding, as I said, it's all about the wedding. It's about competitiveness, keeping up with the Kareems, I say. You know, <laughs> my sister-in-law had this type of wedding, so I, uh, now yeah. uh, for my son, I want a better wedding, a more yeah. glamorous wedding. Yeah. It's about the wedding day. That's not the thing, it. it's not about what's after yes. the wedding. It's, it's not, not about the journey of marriage. You know, I want to feel so like beautiful. a queen for my wedding. Yeah. You want to feel for, like a queen for the rest of your life, not just that day. That's I think just that's it. the mindset that we need to adapt to yes. now on. And we know. need to advise our children likewise. Mm-hmm. Growing up, they need to be advised. This is the reality of a marriage, mm-hmm. not of a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, in society today, what do you feel is a t- taboo subject and one that affects mainly, I think, the women and the sisters? And what advice can you then share? Okay. 
So there is a topic that's trending at the moment, uh, Sister Sumeya. It's trending. I say trending is because a lot of sisters are now speaking about this. Mm-hmm. This topic was never spoken about before until an article surfaced, which I wrote. Mm-hmm. It's called a toxic mother. We have learned in our lives that our mother is uh, our jannah, our comfort. Under mother's yeah. feet lies jannah. Islam tells us do ne- never say oof to your parents, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. A mother sacrifices a lot. But what happens when the same mother emotionally blackmails her child? What happens when the same mother manipulates her child? What happens when a mother now instead of being happy for her child is envious of her child? Or in terms of control issues, you know, a mother wants to now control and feels that it's her duty to control every aspect of her child's life irrespective of the fact that that child is a grown person, that child has a mindset of their own, that child now has a life and a family of their own, but they, um, a mother that cannot grasp that, that has also, remember, this mother, a toxic mother, many people would disagree and say that, but no, you know, if they haven't been through it, they would say a mother is the epitome of love and happiness. Yes, I agree with that. But not everybody's mother is that. Not everybody. And it's difficult to absorb. It is extremely mm-hmm. difficult to absorb the fact that there are mothers out there whose children are divorced because of them, whose children are suffering and in, in depression because of their mothers and you know no mother will intentionally go out to sabotage her child but remember she's carrying baggage of her own she mm-hmm. has her own trauma she has her own control issues from childhood she's carrying a load on her shoulders which is now moving on to her children mm-hmm. and then their children and then their children mm-hmm. so what happens it becomes hereditary mm-hmm. and there's no cutoff point there needs to be a stop though. There needs to be yeah. a stop and, and to be a stop there needs to be acknowledgement of what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely, that, that's what's vital here because I think many people are then in denial like yes. no, this is not me, I don't do this, and this is not, is not the way my I mother. Yeah. yeah. And they fight with their spouse irrespective of the fact that they're getting wrong advice from their mother. Mm. They would divorce their spouse be thinking that they're doing a duty towards their mother. And what is their mother doing? Sabotaging every relationship of their life. You, you yeah. understand? So yeah. help is needed for the mother, for the child, in order for that to break. And yes, definitely, the mother needs help, as much help as the child does need. So it's her, but the mother should be willing to seek that help also. Mm-hmm. Find that the and also acknowledge that, look, this yes, is the way that, that, that I, I am. I am and, and, and I need to look at how can I, you know, better it. No, if not for myself, myself, then for my child. Yeah. And for my own happiness, for my own peace of mm-hmm. mind, and for my child to not pass it on to their children, mm-hmm. and the cycle breaks. Yeah, I think I think this is like you mentioned a topic that isn't touched on Gee. much because I feel like it, you know, it, it goes Such into so taboo. points of, of, yes, of everyone. emotional it, trauma, it brings up childhood a lot. trauma, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also one thing is, and a way, a tip. The first thing I can tell you to overcome is acknowledge it acknowledge 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 that this is what i'm going through this is what my mother you know is putting me through it's not my fault because the kids are carrying so much of guilt in on their shoulders oh but uh, that's my mother you know why am i having these thoughts yeah why am i having these thoughts that's my mother and throughout their lives they're living in guilt guilt upon guilt and something happens to their mother and that guilt still survives and they pass it on and you know what's so hurtful sister sumaya they're passing it on to their innocent children because these things need to be said Gee. and these things need to be spoken about. And nobody about. speaks about you it. Whether hide. it's in khutbas, whether it's in uh, functions, whether it's in Islamic events, nobody brings out these topics that we sweep under the carpet so mm-hmm. conveniently. 
lastly, Sister Nadira, is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners on Accidental Muslims? Actually, I'm going to read um, a small snippet from To Soothe Your Soul, Ink of Inspiration, To Soothe Your Soul. Every soul that Allah created will soon end this temporary journey to enter an eternal abode. May your soul find peace and comfort in this world and return to its creator with joy. Soothe your soul with the love and, rem- and remembrance of Allah, inshallah. Jazakallah so much for having me, Jazakallah Accidental Muslims and Sister Sumer Jamal for hosting me. And inshallah, we will speak again soon. Inshallah, Amin Shukran so much. We wish you all the best for your future of um, your writing career. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed it and that our guests added value to your life and most importantly, inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to forward all suggestions to info at accidentalmuslims.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.